you know what I love about this sound is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. Hello everyone, welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us, whether you're doing it via video or via audio. I'm Kev, I'm your host as always, and once again I've got the full gang with me. I've got the Trust Chairman Tony Murray. Hello. I've, I've got the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe. Hello. And I've got Town fan Dan Barrett-Davis. Hello. Okay, you are here for the West Ham Preview podcast, Friday night once again, 8pm, this time at Kenworth Road, the first Premier League game at Kenworth Road, which is fitting, really, because this is the first podcast that's gone from League 2 all the way to the Premier League, and we are the longest-running Luton Town podcast. OK, let's uh, have a look and uh, talk about the the game a little bit. Before we get stuck into the sort of meats and potatoes of it, let's go through a couple of stats. The two sides have met 90 times in the past, 9-0, that is, in history. Luton have won 32 of them. West Ham have won 33 and there have been 25 draws. Tony, this is a fixture that's kind of, well, it's not happened for 29 years, but I think we all remember the last time it did happen because what a night that was. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Scott Oaks hat-trick um, and Dan Potts' dad making that fatal mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Scott in for his uh, third goal. Um, cracking night. Absolutely brilliant night. Um but God, yeah, when you, you, you look back at it and you think it was that long ago. Good God. Bloody hell. Now, I've, I've seen a few Luton West Ham games going back further than that. Um, you know, we, we've had some great games with them, the, the League Cup semi-final, when we beat them over two legs, 5-1. We did a... 5-0. 5-0. Yeah, you're right. Actually, blimey! Don't give don't <laughs> give them a goal that they didn't deserve. <laughs> no, I, I, I think um, the game at their place, we just demolished them. I remember Mick scoring and Roy Wegley scoring. Wegley took them apart, uh, and then got them back to Kenilworth Road and beat them two 0 But one of my favourite seasons when we played West Ham was going back even further. Um, we walked. Uh, what is now the championship in 81-82. But uh, West Ham won that league the season before. And I remember going to Upton Park for the first game of the season. And uh, we beat them 2-1. And uh, it, it was it was an, a funny game because uh, I remember Ray Stewart playing for them. And he had a hell of a shot on him. And he hit this volley, and I remember Basher heading it out, and I'm thinking, my God, <laughs> Basher's head must be made of concrete, you know. Um, they they scored. If I, you know, memory might not be too good here, but I think they scored um, with ten minutes to go with a penalty, and then uh, we got two penalties ourselves in, in, in the last three minutes and David Moss put both of them away to give us a 2-1 win and that was the only home league match West Ham lost all season. Uh, and then the return match at Kenilworth Road, was, that was a cracking game as well. Uh, we beat them 3-2, so we were the only team to do the double over them that season. 
Um, and that's when they, that they had people like uh, Trevor Brookin and Alan Devonshire playing for them in midfield. Uh, David Cross up front for them was another one. Um, and, uh, you know, if I remember right, I think Billy Bonds was playing at the back for them as well. Was, you know, and, and that was great. It was, you know, we put them in their place. You mean to say that football existed before 1992? Oh, yeah. <laughs> back when football was good. There's a host of 12-year-olds watching you this game. Have, who the hell are you, you talking about? You didn't, you didn't have tourists at the game and there was no such thing as half-and-half half scarves. To be fair, they think that when Tony uh, speaks anyway, um, not necessarily about football pre-1992. Uh, yeah. um, we've actually, we're actually unbeaten in the last four against West Ham because yeah. that um, that quarter-final that Tony spoke about, the Scott Oaks hat-trick, that was, of course, a replay after a 0-0 draw at Upton Park. Uh, obviously... Um, West Ham have moved to the London Stadium since we last um, since we last played them. It's uh, I, re- I remember the playing them before that game actually in a, an FA Cup game at Upton Park. And they were in the second division. We were still the first division side, and they beat us five nil. Hmm. And it was it was absolutely chucking it down with rain and. But the highlight of the evening was doing the conga on the terraces. <laughs> that was the season before um, we got relegated out of the top flight, wasn't it? So, yeah, uh, yeah. that's how long ago we're going back since we um, played West Ham, folks. Um, but, Dan, there's a lot of sort of connections between West Ham and Luton in this current squad and there could have mm. been even more had uh, a few others not left, obviously. Uh, Tony mentioned Dan Potts and his father. Pelly mm-hmm. Radakampanzu yep. came through the West Ham system and sort of more recently who've left us, Elliot Lee, George Monker. Rhys uh, Burke. Rhys Burke, of course, mm-hmm. who's still in the squad. Yeah, absolutely yep. right. Um, it's familiar between the two sides, really. Yeah, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of connections. Um, I think a lot of that was to do with John Still. I think he was a West Ham fan, wasn't he, John? And, yep. um, I think so, he still is, mate, to be fair. Well, <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's still... West Ham fan, um, yeah. So I, I think he's. I, I think as a manager, you sort of look to clubs that you're sort of familiar with, in a lot of ways, and and that's where it's come from. And it it served as well. I mean, we had we had both of the league brothers come through as well, um, who got us through League Two, and obviously Pelly, the big story. Um, yeah, but loyalties aside, they play for Luton, don't they? So they'll be. Uh, yeah, they do play for Luton, but yeah. you never know; they might. My thought might kind of have a bit of a point to prove. Well, you'd like to think you'd so. Think so. You? Yeah. yeah, that'd, that'd yeah. be the main thing that you can draw on with those players and whoever gets to play. Obviously, I think probably, probably won't be many of them uh, this time around. I think well, Pelly we probably will well, play know, some part. Yeah, we know Potts won't. Unfortunately, he's yeah. out until well, for a while. Heard he's out until the new year. Although they're just claiming that it's months at the minute. Well, that is months, but it's <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of months. <laughs> It's a few, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're not wrong, are they? But, um, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, and who knows how much he was uh, going to play anyway, but I've said that for how many seasons now we've been doing this. So I need to stop. Sorry, Dan. I need to stop writing it off. But um, uh, yeah, uh, you'd expect maybe Pelly to have a game and if Reese Burke, um, I don't know. If he's fit. If he's fit, yeah. If he's falling <laughs> apart in, in the intervening minutes, uh, intervening days. Depends on, depends on how much time they give him at Gillingham, doesn't it, really? But he's not really had much of a pre-season, so you'd think he could go and go and go for a while. But who knows? Um, yeah, there's a, a hell of a lot of uh, 
players that have come from them or have the affiliation. It's uh, it's not quite Barnsley levels, is it? <laughs> not quite. I mean, it used to be, didn't it? That was the go-to transfer, West Ham to Luton. And now, now obviously, like you said, it's Barnsley. Going the other way, Jim Breaker and Ian Dowie. There's an awful lot there, mm. yeah. I mean, if you go right the way back, there is a lot of connections between the two John clubs. John another one as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Matthew Upson. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, as I guess it's localities, uh, one of the reasons for it. Um, okay, let's move on to the game itself. James, it's the first time, well, we're hoping it's the first time that you're going to see Luton in the Premier League in person. You're looking forward to it? Oh, immensely. Yeah, who, who wouldn't be? This is it. This is where the season starts, isn't it? I, you know, I said before the season starts and we were doing the preview podcast that I wouldn't like I wouldn't like to call it a free hit, um, but you don't expect to get anything off the likes of Brighton and Chelsea. If you do, it's a bonus. And it's a tough start, considering that the, the Burnley one got postponed as well, where you'd like to think that maybe in between, sandwiched between those, you could have got something. But it is what it is. And the performances have been okay and promising. Um, nothing to get too worried about at the moment. And improvements happening. But uh, yeah, this is this is... Different kettle of fish, isn't it? It's it's almost it's almost not played on the pitch. This one, isn't it? it it's that sort of feeling about it, that sort of excitement about what's going to happen, because the ground's going to change. That has changed. If the amount of noise that was created in recent games um, at the end of the championship can be replicated, you've got four sides of it now as well. Uh, so it, it'll be some spectacle and. Yeah, just the just the noise levels that we're all expecting after what we saw at Watford and 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 Sheffield and, and Sunderland, sorry, in the playoff semi, it's going to be yeah, could be ten times that. And if it is, we're all going to be bloody deaf the next day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tony, we heard the sort of phrases, hairs on the back of your neck, goosebumps, and everything about the atmosphere at Chelsea on Friday night, but. It's going to go up a notch or three uh, on Friday night. And as James just said, for the first time since the 80s, they're coming at you from four sides as well. It's mm. it's going to be, I mean, we've been through we've been through hell and we're back. And on yeah. Friday night, the whole football world is going to see just what it means to every single Lutonian in that yes. ground. We, we, we've got to be up for it. We've got to, you know, be 100% behind the lads out there. Um, got to sing our hearts out. It's got to be a, a notch higher than Watford or, or Sunderland. Oh, excuse me. And don't forget we've got West Ham fans there as well. I can't see them being like Chelsea and Brighton were. They won't be quiet. No. Want to talk. No, they won't. So I, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, um, it won't be sort of like blood and thunder like it used to be, you know. <laughs> And days gone by, but I th- I, I'm expecting um, a very, very competitive game, mm. which hopefully will come out on top. 31 years in the making, Dan. I mm. mean, it's just yet another momentous night. In a, It was what seems to have been sort of a series of five years of momentous nights at the Kenny, but yeah. under the floodlights in particular. I think Sky have done us a bit of a turn there to uh, get it on the Friday night. Uh, it's just made for a brilliant night. It is, yeah. And, and who knows what could happen? You know, like we've all said, the beauty of playing at home in the Premier League, we, we, we don't really know what's going to happen. You know, all right, we've, we've played on massive pitches at Chelsea and Brighton, um, which we're going to have to get really used to because they're all like that. But ours, our ground, the atmosphere we can create, the fact that it's on Sky, on the TV, at night, under the lights, 
some brighter lights as well, we're led to believe. What, the knees? Space age. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to bring my sunglasses again, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, 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 the setting's there for a real good game of football. And one I'm looking forward to, I, I genuinely never thought we'd see football at Kenilworth Road because I always thought we'd either... Football? Would have <laughs> seen plenty of football, but I understand you meant Premier, Premier League. League football. Do, I, do I not say Premier League? You didn't, no, oh. Can you check what is in his glass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might have to get a taxi home. Someone, <laughs> someone spiked this drink, bow man. Yeah, I'm not sure what's gone on there. Um, yeah, I never thought I'd see Premier League football at Kenilworth Road. I thought we'd either have moved or uh, they'd have tried to move us somewhere else. Um, I'm just glad that they've been able to do the work and. Get, get the money spent and get the work done. And I'm just really impressed with the turnaround as well because it's not as simple as pulling the boxes out and putting a stand in. It's, you know, there's a lot of... They've given it a real facelift yeah. on the outside. It, yeah. it, it, it looks really good. Yeah, it does. On the outside with all the new signage up and everything. But And I can't wait and to see And the fence down Maple Road just, yeah. just tops it off, doesn't it? Yeah, that's, that's a Premier that's League... That's a nice touch. That's a Premier League fence. That's a nice gentlemen. touch. I thought it was Champions League. No, no, no. One step we'll at up, a time. We'll upgrade it again. That'll be yeah. twice as high when It'll we get to the Champions League. Yeah. That is a Premier League fence, that is. It all, is. All to hide these precious Premier League footballers. The B&Q must have had an offer on. Well, the entrance was starting to look all right, wasn't it? When So obviously Gary said, no, we only want shit entrances at this football ground, so let's yeah. put a garden fence up. Let them know they're in a game. You know, yeah. garden fence, that would that just brings the tone into there's, it nicely. There's yeah. a back garden joke waiting in there somewhere, isn't there? There is, and obviously, yeah. It's going to be waiting. If you live it. in the Oak Road, your, uh, yeah, your back garden's <laughs> going to be in plenty of focus oh. over the next few days. Do you know what, Kev? Just as an aside to this, I, I, I really think that... Um, a big thank you needs to go out to the community yeah. around the ground because um, of how they've been with all the disruption and everything with the football club. And, uh, you know, for their patience and everything, I think they, all, all the people in Bury Park need to be thanked for that. Um, Absolutely. Right, you know, so. and, and the fact that, you know, they're just as much behind us being in the Premier League as we are as supporters. So... You know, yeah, big thank you to them. Well said, and uh, quite a number of them were uh, rewarded uh, by going to see the Gillingham game on Tuesday night, which was very, very well deserved. James, let's go on to the game. It's kind of a feel of the first game in the Championship about this one. Friday night, team that you know you fancy that we can compete with. It's just got all the magic ingredients. Yeah, and that game was electric as well. The, I remember the atmosphere of that being like, whoa, this is a lot le- better than the lower leagues. Uh, it was a hell of a game as well, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah, if we can get some goals like that, but maybe with a win, it would be even better. But yeah, it's just going to be so exciting. Um, I think it's it's almost got a cup feel to it, isn't it? Because I mean, let, let, let's be honest, if you look at the league, it's this top of the league versus, you know... Temporarily team, bottom. Temporarily bottom, Yeah. Um, they've had a fantastic start. You know, before last time when we were in front of these cameras recording um, last week's podcast, um, I was looking at the West Ham game thinking, well, uh, yeah, we could, we could win that one. Uh, you know, And I still think it's winnable, but it's a hell of a challenge now because they've just gone and beaten Brighton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, maybe it's going to be one of those, uh, you know, outside the top four, top five, top six, whatever, whatever it is this season who just are ultra consistent and win everything. Maybe everyone else beats everyone else in this league. Who knows? Um, but, you know, West Ham qualified for Europe. They won the Conference League in Europe. 
Um, and they've just signed Kudus from Ajax, is it? Mm. You know, this is the sort of leagues they're in now. So we're thinking this is a very winnable game. And it is because of Kenilworth Road, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, Tony, conference winners against Euro- uh, Europa Conference League winners. Um, <laughs> you know, can't get no better than that, really. No, uh, it, it, James is right. They've started well. They're second in the league. Um, I guess people kind of rip West Ham off because they were in a relegation battle for much of last season or down the bottom end for much of last season. But the two seasons before that, they actually qualified for Europe via their league position. Yeah. So, and obviously they've lost Declan Rice in the summer. They've replaced him with James Ward-Prowse. As James has just mentioned, they've brought the, uh, brought Kudos in 38 million quid. So it's only 8 million quid more than we've spent in the last 30 years. But, um, <laughs> you know, they're getting, cl- they, they're starting to get closer and closer to when us. You put it like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're starting to get closer and closer to us. Uh, how do you, how, how do you feel about the game? Um, Looking forward to it. I agree with James. I think it's a perfectly winnable game, but I think it's a lot harder than we all thought it was going to be when the fixtures first came out. And uh, you've got to give it fair play to West Ham, um, the, the the great start they, they've had. But you look at whatever league you're playing in, uh, there's always one or two teams that start really well and then start to fade. Mm. And I think West Ham could possibly be one of those teams um, we've got a great chance of picking up points and we really need to get something out of the game on Friday just to get something on the board and the fact that, you know, we've got to score uh, at least another goal. I mean, I'll quite happily take 1-0, that's the Luton Town score, I'd, I'd be happy with that. But we know it's not going to be easy. They they look uh, a, a fairly good, tight defensive side who are very ruthless when they get any chances up front Mm. Um, and it's not a typical West Ham team historically West Ham were well known for playing free-flowing attacking football and uh, being a bit soft as it were and a soft underbelly but I think that's changed for them I think they look a good unit Um, and uh, if we beat them it will be a real feather in our cap I think yeah, well, uh, West Ham made a good start, Dan. Mm. But if you played Devil's Advocate, Chelsea missed a penalty at one-one, the worst penalty you've ever seen taken, and their goalkeeper made a few worldies against Brighton on Saturday. So those games could have switched quite easily. Yeah, and games do. But it's we talk about fine margins all the time in football. Um, if certain, like 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 you said earlier about Giles, had he took that chance against Chelsea, it could have been a different game, which I agree with. Um, and that could be that could be the case again, definitely. Um they're a good side, West Ham. I think their position last year was a bit false because I think they put a lot into um trying to get success in Europe and it nearly cost them their Premier League status. And I think um given the fact that obviously Declan Rice has got his big money move, um, they needed to replace him, they've managed to replace him with someone who's a bit more of an all round midfielder in War Prowse. So I think they're they're looking stronger. And you look at the forward options, I was particularly impressed with Jarrod Bowen at the weekend. He's he's looking very strong, looking stronger all the time, which was unfortunate for us on Friday. I just hope that he trips over on the hoardings when he comes when he comes out or something, you know. 
nice and if over coming job. through the away end you might end up in someone's back garden or I hope, well I hope so it's <laughs> a splinter knows, out the shed <laughs> everyone knows that that's the way that uh, away teams get into our ground through the away end rather than reception yeah. the sheer entrance yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah it's, their chant for uh, Jared Bowen is one of the best chants in football, uh, yeah. has to be said. And uh, I hope we don't hear it on Friday night. But you will. I will probably smirk once or twice uh, <laughs> if we do hear it. Let's uh, let's get on to the teams then, James. Um, for those that don't know what, just go Google the Conference League final um, aftermath. And um, yeah, we'll, go, we'll say no more from there. Uh, let's get on to the teams then, James. Do you envisage Rob Edwards making too many changes from the side that played against Chelsea rather than the one that played against Gillingham? No, not not many, to be honest. Um, I think with the fact that he put Barkley in against Chelsea and he needs the minutes, I don't expect him to play much of a... Sorry, I do expect him to play... (laughs) A, a, a more of a role in that one because they need to get him up to speed because you heard, if you heard Edwards comments before the game on Sky Sports he was um, saying you know he's the X factor and you know he could provide so much for us and he's absolutely right because he's got that Premier League experience that you can't you can't buy that and they didn't they go for free <laughs> somehow I don't know how they money did. well not spent I don't know how they did it <laughs> um, so you know he's going to be so key in that um, battle, I think, because, um, yeah, West Ham do look pretty tasty. This year. Interestingly, I've got a lot of West Ham fans and they're still in this mindset of, yeah, it's going good now, but it, it, some, somewhere along the line, we're going to trip up and it's going to be against up. Luton. <laughs> Mm. That's their they, have, they have this irrational hatred of Luton, don't they? I think there's actually a book from a West Ham fan, My Irrational Hatred of Luton Town. I'm sure I've seen it <laughs> really? doing the rounds. They're not the only club, though, are they? No, <laughs> well, we, we, we've actually upset them quite a few yeah, times. Yeah, it's not actually years. irrational at all. It's perfectly rational. We yeah. keep knocking them out of every cup competition we play them in. Can yeah. someone make this the Premier League Cup, please? And uh, <laughs> We'll treat it like a cup tie and we'll be all right. Oh, it'll certainly be a cup tie <laughs> atmosphere, that's um, for sure. Any change, do you see any changes in the Luton team? Tony from the Chelsea game? No, I don't, to be honest with you. Um, I think it, it it may well depend upon who we sign. Uh, if we sign anybody in time to play. You suspect they wouldn't go straight into the starting eleven, though, wouldn't you? I mean, if Barkley didn't go straight in, then you kind of think... It depends how close to the game, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you kind they of have to be registered the, by a certain point. Well. Yeah, I think yeah. it's midday yeah. on Friday who, they need to be registered we, by. Who we sign, though, it depends... Um, and I think that probably will be the only the only change. I think um, I quite I quite like to see Brown start mm. up front with Morris because I think the two of them together can upset them. Because as I said, they do look a fairly solid defensive unit, and we're going to need players that are going to be physical and get in there and you know chase everything down. And, and both Morris and Brown do that. I, th- I think. This might not be the type of game for Elijah to start. Um, maybe if we go 1-0 up later and, and West Ham are chasing the game and we need an outlet, maybe Elijah come on then. Because he, he, he can cause trouble mm. and, and damage for, for us. So I think no, I think you'll see Chong in there. I think you'll see Barkley in there uh, and the Camber. Because I think if you look at it... the. Those three midfielders together are probably got the most potential out of any midfield that we can field at the moment. 
Um, it would be nice to see Pelly gone at some point. I don't think Pelly will start the game, but I think we will see him towards the closing stages of the game because we're going to need that in midfield, what he can bring. Um, but no, I think it'll be fairly consistent from Chelsea. Dan, you know uh, the world that we're in with social media and everything, you're crap if you have one bad game. <laughs> and there's lots of calls for Alfie Doughty to replace Ryan Giles. Is that a move that you'd make? Do you see that? Um, I see it at some point in the season, yeah. Whether it be Friday or not, probably not. It's hard to say, and it? I can't really second guess what Rob Edwards is thinking. Um, I, I'd definitely give Doughty a run out at some point because I think you know he's part of the squad that earned earned it last year you know he's one of our better players um, I think he was used to defending a bit more than Giles is I'd say um, Giles doesn't strike me as a natural sort of defender just from the few games the couple of games that I've seen him in um, it's hard on Doughty I think it, I mean, this, it, it this, is harsh this is the competition that, that players are going to have to face now but yeah it is harsh it was really good last season he, he was outstanding but like Kev said when they signed Giles you're not going to spend five million pound on him and not play him no no, if he's fit, you, you, you'd the more thing, or less... The thing with Alfie, though, he's, he's versatile. He can play on either flank, Yeah, which, yeah. which is good. Um, you're saying about Giles. I think if Giles is on his game with his crossing and his corners, he, he's, he's got to be in the side for that. I mean, it, it wasn't yeah. great against Chelsea. No, it wasn't. But we've all seen what he can do. Mm. You know, The only thing I would say is that, you know, the Chelsea game, his dead ball... Wasn't that great? No. So you know why persist with him doing it when we've got other people that that can do that as well in Barkley mm. and Chong. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see Barkley take a few more set pieces. I think just because of his, you know, as I said earlier about his passing range and that kind of stuff. I, I think, think it, just, it gives you that bit more. I think we're just such a small side that anyone that's somewhere close to six foot needs to be in the box. It's as simple as that, isn't it? And that's why Barkley and Chong were in and around the edge of the box, one mm. blocking the keeper and one trying to be... You know, you know sooner or later, one of those knockdowns is going to be is, is going to come right for us. And we've got players like Barkley and Chong who can hit them. Mm. And one of those is going to go for us sooner or later. So um, hopefully it'll be Friday. Yeah. Yep. Okay, James, let's um, move it on to West Ham. And uh, obviously, I mean, we alluded to it earlier in the podcast. They've spent big uh, on three individuals. They probably used the Declan Rice money for that. Um, looking at their team, though, I mean, it looks like they're going to have uh, the Moroccan defender, Nayef Adgward, back. He was suspended against Brighton after being sent off against Chelsea. However, on the flip side of that, it looked like Thomas Suchek was seeing stars when he went off. So I'm presuming that that's some sort of concussion, in which case he won't be allowed to play. Uh, therefore, they're going to have to replace him in the centre of midfield. And we don't know whether Kudos will go straight into their side or not. 38 million quid to us. He walks into Luton's team. But obviously for West Ham, that's probably only a fee that kind of gets you on the bench. But they've got to bring a midfielder in, we think. And they're probably going to change their defence. But they're a strong side. Yeah, they really are. I mean, you know, they <laughs> just got to look at the, the way that Brighton have played in the first two games and wiped the floor. Score-wise, you know, not, I, I, they didn't wipe the floor with it. We discussed that in the last podcast. They were in it to the 81st minute. But score-wise, they racked up the, up the goals. And then to play against West Ham and get beaten so comprehensively. And I think West Ham seem to be able to play quite well without the ball. But when they do get it, they are ruthless at the moment. And you mm. wouldn't have said that a couple of seasons ago with a team that's led the line with Michael Antonio because mm. it wasn't that 
ruthless. But I think Jared Bone stepped up. He was quality in the conference final. Um, it was pretty decent when he played for Hull, actually, at Luton, didn't they? Yeah, he was. Day, um, was they 1-2-0 or something like that? 3-0. And three they, they sold him after, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was pretty, pretty decent then. But he's really seemed to have kicked on under West Ham. Um, and they've got, yeah, they've got like, so much quality. Like, we talk about this all the time, about the, the players you're going to face. But they've got, like, Paqueta, who, but for a, like, what is it, a betting allegation or something like that, Man City wanted him. Mm. Yeah, Man City don't get players for nothing. <laughs> they, they, they're one of the, they're the best side in the world. They, they're only going to get players that try and add in compliments to them. So he's a top player as well. Um, I think, I think they get outable in the defence. Now where? That's not, it is now, mate. It right. is now. Yeah. It is. <laughs> if you're watching yeah. Colin's Oxford Dictionary, people, <laughs> there's your word, get outable. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, we've got to make them nervous. And we know how that's going to happen. We expect that that's going to happen. And it just has to happen. The crowd's going to be such a big uh, factor in it. And I kind of used to think that that wasn't, that the crowd wouldn't really play. And it's always talked about the 12th man, but how much of it really is. And then last season when Watford and, and Sunderland played and you just saw those teams wilt. Now I know that West Ham play in, big, in front of bigger sides, uh, bigger grounds and 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 that amount of fans they play at the olympic stadium for goodness sake Mm. but maybe just maybe they play at these lovely swish grounds where the fans are far away certainly in the olympic stadium because it wasn't built for football and they come to a ground like kennel freedom that is what we're all hoping that is what we expect that that, that, the the fans and the crowd is going to be so close to these players they are not going to like it you know a couple of friends who went to the Chelsea game and even they was adamant that the, the the Chelsea players didn't know what the hell to make of the Luton fans because you beat a team like they did you expect that the opposition fans would be a bit quiet not Luton and let's hope let's hope that they make a massive deal about that yeah I guess Tony the good thing is that there aren't many West Ham players still in the squad now that were there in the Upton Park days because Upton Park very similar to Kenilworth yeah. Road in terms of closeness to the pitch. So they are going to feel something different. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and uh, I'll thank you not to mention lower league sides like Sunderland and Watford. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, no, it, it, it's going to be a totally new experience for them. Um, you cast your mind back to, to those two games... Um, Last season, especially uh, that lot down the road, um, when they got their first throw in on the the uh, Maple Roadside, they were they didn't want to take it. Who's going to take it? You know, and what we need, we, we in the pre-match kick kickabout, um, you could see in the players' eyes the fear. They just froze, and and that's what we've got to do on um, Friday night. It's it, but it's it's not just the crowd thing. They're they're going to come into a small, compact ground, and they're going to go in there, and the dressing room, the away dressing room, compared to what they're used to, is tiny and mm. cramped. They're not going to be used to that. So um, they're going to be able to hear the crowd. 
You know, have have you been in the away dressing room? At yeah, Road? it's smaller than this it, room. It, it, it's <laughs> tiny, yeah. absolutely tiny. And uh, they're going to be on top of one another, and they're going to hear the crowd. And uh, and when they come out, they know they'll know what abuse is. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and and that's just from Tony. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's the way it's. it's, it's He's welcoming them. It's got to be. It's got to be like that. Not just. Friday night, but every single Premier League game this season. Yeah, it's only nineteen times. Yeah, you know, and by the end of it, we'll have so much practice that we'll be doing it off pat every game. Yeah, you know. So West Ham are up first from the Premier League, and they ain't gonna like it. No, they ain't gonna like it. No, they're that's, not. You know, um, that's what we want. Absolutely. Let's go through some key battles as we always do then, Dan. And I mm. guess the key battle of the day, of the night, sorry, the one that we really have to keep quiet, as James alluded to earlier, Jared Bowen, mm. he plays the Raheem Sterling role for West Ham. So we have to defend that side a lot better. Yes, we do. Um, I can see you thinking behind the question, does Doughty start ahead of Giles? Not my question, social media's well, question. And oh, I'm okay. only here to pander to social media, don't Oh, forget. sorry. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> I'll take that shot back then, shall I? <laughs> I like that, Kev. It wasn't me, it wasn't me. <laughs> well, you said it. Yeah. Well, listen, we're doing a player podcast next week, and just in case Ryan Giles gets put in front of me, I've, that was nothing to do with me. Social media. <laughs> what about Elfie? <laughs> now, um, yeah, obviously we're going to have to really step up and you know be on the ball and don't give him a sniff. I mean, comparing Sterling to Bowen, it shouldn't really be... As difficult, but I take nothing away from Bowen. No, I mean, on, on, on his day, he can he can rip you apart, and you know he's he's shown that. Um, and I expect him to want to have a go again. You know, he's like like James said earlier, he's played at Kenilworth Road before, so he knows pretty much what it what it's going to be like if he can remember that far back. Um, it won't be that. It won't. It'll be no. noisier than that. It'll be a lot noisier. Yeah, I do remember it was a bit yeah. quieter that afternoon. Um, and, uh, the players have got to be on top of the game with their shithousery as well. Yeah, yeah. We need we need Danny Hilton to give the team talk beforehand, don't we? I think just <laughs> get him in and just like yeah. I know you've done a lot of work with the kids, which you're doing, which is brilliant. But just have a chat with the first team and just show them a few tricks, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no. We, we need to keep him quiet, definitely. Um, most of their play goes through him when they're attacking on the counter and he gets your goals. So we're going to have to stop him. Yep, they are comparable, him and Sterling. It was only, well, not even 12 months ago that people expected him to be named in England's World Cup squad to mm. um, go was, to Qatar. He was very unlucky not yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently. A lot of people uh, had him in their, in their 23. But that's, that's the quality we're going to come up against. Yeah, season. every exactly. week as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully there's nothing super smashing great about this particular Jay Bowen and um, the town. That's a reference for the kids, isn't it? The town can... <laughs> the town can uh, that's yeah. just lost on me, that. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of clue. That's all right. These two obviously know... Uh, these, these two are obviously well aware oh. of Bullseye. Oh. <laughs> yeah. In one. In one, a Kevin Harper joke. Yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting I'm working with so with these kids. It's just <laughs> yeah. incredible, isn't it? I know what Bullseye is. you know is. how I feel, Kev. Well, indeed, yeah. But everyone's a kid to you, Tony. Um, we'll move on to key battle two and James I'll come to you for this one Mikel Antonio against when you had nothing (laughs) Mikel Antonio against Tom Lockyer 
Shut up, boys. He's asking me a question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pipe down. Mikel Antonio uh, against Tom Lockyer. It's physical, physical forward against physical defender. Mm. And Lockyer has to keep him quiet because Antonio started the season really well. He finished it as well last season. I thought he was mm. very good. He's another um, one actually who's been talking about or was being talked about for England squads. He's now actually a teammate of Amari Bell at Jamaica. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, he is. Um, yeah, he's he's come on leaps and bounds uh, as a player, as a striker. Anyway, it wasn't even a striker, was he? A couple of seasons ago, um, and before that, you'd say he was like, I'd say he was like the Emil Heskey sort of a striker who would do all the dog work and was physical and stuff, but would get you goals. But somehow he's started adding goals now. So if you give him half a yard of space, um, his last goal, it wasn't at the weekend, the one before that actually, where he smacked it through somebody's legs from the edge of the box and stuff. That is a striker in in loads of confidence and loads of form. So, um, you know, he's coming up against a lock here, I think we've all seen that probably isn't quite up to speed yet. He will be. Um and so it is going to be interesting, but he's going to have to be properly up for it, Tom. Look, I'm sure he will be. I mean, yeah. he's the sort of player that knows what awaits when he gets through, out of that tunnel. He, he knows it, and he knows that that can give him a little bit extra, um, as we hope it gives everybody else. But yeah, he's got to be he's got to be top of his game and try and keep uh, Antonio with his back to goal because he can hold it up, but if he turns, yeah. You're in a bit of bother, I think. You're in serious bother, yeah. Hopefully, Amari's made everyone fully aware of uh, what we're coming up against with regards to Antonio. Uh, Tony, the last key battle in the game, they're not kind of direct opponents, but Ross Barkley against James Ward-Prowse, they're the two set-piece specialists in the game. They're the two class acts in midfield. If Barkley can uh, stamp his footprint on the game more than Ward-Prowse does, you'd think that's going to lead us slightly closer to victory. Yeah, yeah. Um I think it, Barkley is not up to speed yet. He, he, he will be getting there. That this will be another point on it. Well, that sixty-five minutes will have done him the world yeah. of good, wouldn't it? it he's got, got a Premier League so. engine, though, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. hopefully yeah. Won't he knows. Long to he knows the league well. Yeah. Doesn't I thought he? the longer the game went on, the sharper he got as well. Yeah, yeah. some of his uh, his passing was, was was class. So he's going to be up for that. I mean, what, as you said, Ward Prowse is a is a different type of player um, but we need to not give him any free him. kicks yeah, no, no free <laughs> kicks around the box please yeah. but we, we need to be in on just him in his own half please just, and just you know try and get out service to him or stop him putting the service through to other players but the main thing is as you say no free kicks outside the box yeah I, I, stand I, I, I know it's it's hard for mm. defenders and you know the referees in this league seem to be a bit whistle happy. Um, so, and, and just as you said, uh, Dan, we've we've got to stand up. Yeah. You know, not go to ground too easily. You know, in and around the box. Otherwise, we'll perhaps will crucify us. Yeah. Also scored from open play at Brighton, yeah. didn't he? Mm. So, uh, very much a danger man. Hopefully, um, Barkley can outshine him over the course of the evening okay we'll finish this podcast as we always do with score predictions for the game and I'll come to you first James uh, Luton v West Ham how's it going to finish it's going to finish 3-2 and it's going to be a roaring barnstorm of a game uh, it's going to be a last minute winner from Ross Barkley that free kick 
Can you check his drink? <laughs> he keeps hiding it so we're not looking. I can see him turning, putting something it's in that it. hip flask I've got in there. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do for uh, for us, I'm sure, absolutely, if that, yeah. if that one comes true. I mean, 3-2 Luton's uh, synonymous score in our history, so uh, let's hope it does. Especially Tony. against West Ham. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, Tony, how does it end? 2-1 Luton. 2-1 Luton. Are you going as far as James to give the last goal scorer? Carlton Morris. Carlton Morris, Ooh. fantastic. And Dan, how does Luton v West Ham end? I'm, I was going to say 3-2, then I was going to say 2-1. So. <laughs> well, you've got you to agree, you've go got to agree two, with one, one of them. Which one uh, are you agreeing with? I don't know. Um, really, you know, I've, I'm going to say 3-2 because want, you, you want goals. You want to see goals, don't you? Um, I want to see a rough, sparkly free kick at the end. Smack it home. Uh, or or he can just get the ball and smack it. Or I don't really care who scores. You know, Amari Bell over a kick from the halfway line that'll do. Yeah, well, Nick, <laughs> Nick Amber's first ever Luton goal. That's, Anything? No, amazing. I think I'd prefer the Amari Bell overhead kick from the halfway line. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah sounds like well, an it, absolute. It would stop all the people that moan at little things that we're not turning up after five minutes from moaning. You know, what are you get drinking? That. <laughs> no, it weren't me. But, um, it's nothing to do with me. No. I, I, I think it'll be close. I, th- I think we might just nick it three two. Just confident this time. Yeah, really confident. Because because we're at home, it's, it's a bit of different, isn't it? Yeah, very absolutely different. It is. Yeah, I'm with Tony. I think Luton win two one. Mm. Um, very similar to the Sunderland game, but I just don't see us keeping a clean sheet against the quality that West Ham have got on the pitch. Has, it, has any of us got a score right yet? We should have a le- leaderboard, shouldn't we? We should do. stick it there. Yeah. yeah. At the minute, we've got nothing to show you because no one's got a sample. Once, right. nice we'll, um, yeah. <laughs> once I get on top, we'll put that behind us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so two for two, one, two for three, two. Either way, we're all pretty confident this will be the time Luton Town pick up their first three points in the Premier League. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, thanks once again, as always, to the High Town Club the venue where we're recording these podcasts from. Thanks also to Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for our excellent intro. As you can see on James's T-shirt, very well um, plugged there, Jimbo. Uh, and Ed Smith, creative as well. Thanks, Ed, for all the images and all the work that you've done with regards to our podcast. Um, if you've watched this via video, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel because we will obviously you'll get notifications of whenever we drop any video podcasts. But the more um, subscribers we can get to the podcast, the bigger and better we can make it. And that's our aim for everyone. Thank you to everyone who's listened, to everyone who's watched. Please do keep your comments coming in. We're absolutely enjoying all of the feedback. We take it on board. If you've got anything that you'd like us to discuss, anything that you'd like us to bring into the podcast or ditch from the podcast, sadly we can't dump Tony. He is the chairman of the trust. But (laughs) apart from that, we will take everything else on board with you. Uh, We will be back after the West Ham game, we will be back with our review show. And then during the international break, we have got plenty of podcasts lined up for you. So do hit that subscribe button so that you know when all of the videos drop. Until then, everyone, please be loud. Please be proud. Please be Luton Town on Friday night. Give the yeah. boys all the backing you possibly can. And just enjoy one of the special nights in our club's history. Tony, James, Dan, thanks very much. And thanks Thank to you, you for watching and listening. And for this episode, goodbye. Can you believe it? We are yes! I love this town. I love this town. I love this, this town. You know what I love about this town is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're people. 